All right, I want you to notice something in your notes. Three sessions, all three of them, I'm going to weave them together. For example, the first two, I want you to really get this and understand this. Forgiveness has two parts to it. It has the part of God forgiving us. And then there's a part upon which we have to be willing to forgive others. So this first session is all about God's forgiveness and understanding God's forgiveness because we need to understand it. And then the first session tomorrow will be about us forgiving others. So it's really taking that forgiveness that we receive from God and giving it to others. And so we need to understand that. And then that third session is really about living, living out that forgiveness, living out that trust of God, living out the hope that we have. And so that'll be a walk through uh, Romans chapter eight. So one of the things that we need to understand about life is forgiveness. But to understand forgiveness, you have to understand sin. Because if you have never sinned, anybody, anybody? If you've never sinned, you don't need forgiveness. But we all have sinned. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone blows it. Everyone violates God's standard for how to live. That's what you call sin. And so we need to understand sin so that we could embrace God's forgiveness for us. So what we're going to do is walk through what the Bible says about sin and forgiveness. One of the things the Bible says, we all need forgiveness. And one of the things the Bible says is there's only one source. There is only one source of forgiveness, and that is God. God forgives. And there's only one way to get it. You ask for it. You ask for it, and you can receive forgiveness through God's Son, Jesus Christ. Some of you, I, I'm, I'm confident of these things. Some of you would say, some of you would say that you've done that. You know that you've sinned, you've confessed your sin, you ask for forgiveness, but you still feel guilty. It happens. And I'm sure, you know, we could go around. Have you ever sinned, asked for forgiveness? Maybe you did that same sin many, many times. You asked for forgiveness, but you still feel guilty about it. The problem with that isn't God's forgiveness. There's nothing wrong with God's forgiveness. That's not the problem. The problem is that you don't understand God's forgiveness. You either don't really understand forgiveness or you don't believe God forgives you. Those are the only two options. If you're going to continue to feel guilt over your sin that you've confessed it's because you don't understand God's forgiveness, and that's what we're talking about tonight, or you simply really don't actually believe that he forgives you. So you need to understand forgiveness, and you need to experience forgiveness. When I was 17 years old, I was a freshman in college, and 
my just older than me brother died in uh he was 19 years old, I was 17, but he was the next up brother that I spent most of my time with. The next brother older than that was just old enough that we never really did anything together. But when my brother died, man, I struggled. I struggled with bitterness. I had hatred. I lived in a small town and I took my anger and my bitterness, and made it against the town. That's what I did. It wasn't toward a person. I was bitter because my brother, who died heroically, saving two lives and trying to save two more, and in the midst of that, he died. And I was, I was bitter about that. For three years, I lived with that bitterness, that resentment in my heart. Uh, and at the end of that three years, that's when I encountered God, Jesus, forgiveness. That's when I committed my life to Christ. And it was then that I came to the place where I realized who God was I realized who his son Jesus was. I realized my sin and I confessed my sin and God forgave me. And I experienced real forgiveness. It was nothing that I had, had ever experienced before. And there's nothing that I've ever experienced since then that I could compare it with. It is an unmistakable unbelievable, unique experience. You could only get that from God. God forgives you. He's the only source. And the only thing you have to do to receive it is ask for it. You ask and he gives it to you. So how does God forgive? That's what I want to focus on tonight. This is all tonight about how God forgives us. I have four ways here, but I want to I give you a little briefing before I jump into this. I'm going to give you four specific ways that God forgives. I want you to realize and picture that this like a giant circle and there's quadrants. We're just slicing this up into four quadrants tonight. And I'm going to talk about this quadrant. And then I'm going to go talk about this one. And then I'm going to talk about this one and then I'm going to go talk about that one. What you need to understand is, although each one of these describes God's forgiveness, you have to take all four of them together to get the full picture of God's forgiveness. So what we're doing is looking at the quadrants, talking about each one, but then you have to realize that they don't, they don't stay compartmentalized. They completely influence each one of the other ones. We're just simply talking about them this way so we can get a better handle on the big picture. So if we can understand each one of these by diving into it and then adding the other four to it, it's basically like uh, you take all four of these, you understand what this ingredient is, and you know it. 
and then you understand the next ingredient, and then you blend them all together to actually understand God's forgiveness because it is the blending of all four of these. First aspect I want to talk to you about is that God forgives instantly. It is instant. The moment you ask for God's forgiveness, it happens. Nehemiah 9.17, it says, You are a God of forgiveness, gracious and merciful, slow to, anger, slow to become angry, and rich in unfailing love. That phrase, you are a God of forgiveness. That's who God is. That's what God does. God is always ready to forgive you. You ask for God's forgiveness, he never puts you on hold. He never says, hey, I'm a little bit busy right now, I'll get back to you. Hold that thought. I'll come back to you. He deals with you in the moment. His forgiveness is instant. There's no waiting period. You may be coming in here tonight with something, and I want you to know right now, God is ready to forgive you. You also need to understand this is very different from human forgiveness. One of the things that's just interesting about most of us, maybe all of us, we like people to suffer for a while. When somebody comes and asks us for forgiveness, part, there's, a, there's a thing in us that, man, we want them to feel the pain that I felt. We want them, we, we don't want them to just move on so quickly. We need to be like God, who is instantly forgiving. See, forgiveness, when you ask, God acts. Some of you, you come to this retreat, and even though it's a blast, even though you're having fun, there's the moments maybe when you're by yourself or you're walking from here to there, or you know, it could happen later tonight, you're laying in your bed, and you come to the retreat with a heavy heart because of what's been going on in your life. What that is, is you are feeling the weight of your sin and guilt. This would be a great time for you to get out from under that weight. Don't just keep carrying it around and carrying it on and on. Forgiveness is available and it's available immediately. God says, forgiveness is yours for the asking. He doesn't want you to carry around that load of sin and guilt and shame. Simply stated, forgiveness is yours for the asking. The Bible says, let them turn to the Lord, our God. He is merciful and quick to forgive. You turn, which the word repent, it actually means to turn, you're going in a certain direction, and to, to the word repent, all it actually means is, I'm walking in this direction, I just realized something, I'm going to turn around and go the other direction. That's what repent is. I'm walking in my own direction, going my own way, living my life, and I realize this is not the life God wants me to be living. And so I turn and go God's way. That's what it means to repent. 
So the Bible says, let them turn to the Lord, our God. He is merciful and quick to forgive. God is quick to forgive. God forgives instantly. Second quadrant to mix in with this first one is that God forgives completely. Colossians, the Bible says, God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. That's complete. All our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. When Jesus was nailed to the cross, he was taking our sins, everyone's sins with him on the cross. And God was offering out forgiveness. God forgives completely. It says here, he canceled the record. That means there's no longer a record of it. It no longer exists. We, as humans, we have this problem. We don't forgive instantly. We don't forgive completely. What a lot of people do is they give, they forgive partially. They just let a, yeah, I'll forgive you. But then they walk away and they still feel the bitterness in their heart or the anger or the upsetness. That's because they only gave out partial forgiveness. You know, we like it when they continue to feel the guilt. If somebody asks us for forgiveness, what we really want to say, what a lot of people are actually thinking is, yes, I'll forgive you, but I'm keeping my eye on you. That's not complete forgiveness. Yeah, I forgive you, but I'm watching. That's not what God does. We hold on to a grudge. One of the things that a lot of people do, one person asks another for forgiveness. This person says, yes, I forgive you. And then time passes and something happens. And this person is saying, oh, yeah, I remember when you did. Really? I thought you forgave. Well, I did. But I remember. God doesn't do that way. God does not hold a grudge. He forgives completely. Jeremiah 31, 34, the Lord says, I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. I will never again remember their sins. This really does amaze me. What amazes me about this is that God, the creator of the entire universe, the creator of every aspect that we can find on the planet, the creator of everything, it amazes me that he can forget. And it's simply that he chooses to forget. And when God forgets, it's gone. The slate is wiped clean. It no longer exists. That, that just, it really does just blow my mind. He chooses to forget every mistake, every, every sin that somebody does. He forgives them. Now, I, I read a funny little story uh, just recently, and it was about a priest in the Philippines, who was constantly struggling with a sin that he had committed earlier in his life. And this 
woman who would claim that she could speak directly to God and God would talk to her. So he tells her one day, you know what? If God speaks to you, then why don't you ask him, what was the sin that I committed years ago while I was studying to be a priest? What was that sin? And so time passes. She comes back the next week and he sees her and and he says, hey, did you talk to God about it? And she says, yes, I did. Well, what did he say? He said he doesn't remember. Because God forgives and forgets. He moves on. He forgives you. He gives you a clean slate. So God not only forgives, he forgets. He wipes the slate clean. He forgives completely. When you ask for forgiveness, he forgives instantly and he forgives completely. The problem, the problem is that if you don't really believe that God has completely forgiven you, then I can tell you what your life looks like. I can tell you what your life experiences look like. Because what happens is, if you don't really believe that he forgives you, then every time you have a problem, whatever that problem is, what you think is, I have this problem because God's getting even with me. God's paying me back for what I did. You have an accident. You get in a car accident and you're thinking, oh, yeah, it's because I sinned. God's getting back at me. You have a financial crisis, a financial challenge, and, and, and things get really tough. And you think, yeah, God, God's, God's getting even with me. You lose something. You stub your toe. And you think, God's getting even with me. He's reminding me of my sin. He's, he's paying me back for my sin. You need to understand, God does not act that way. He doesn't do that. When we come to him and honestly say, forgive me. I blew it. I made a mistake. I was wrong. I sinned. He forgives instantly. And he forgives completely. Third quadrant of this picture, God forgives repeatedly. Okay. Has anyone ever committed the same sin more than once? Ugh. We tend to do certain things. We tend to get in a rut. We tend to sin. And then, even when we ask for forgiveness, we find ourselves in the same problem again, doing the same thing. We do that over and over again. You know, if you have the temptation to get angry, then you probably do it often. If you have a temptation to lie or lust or gossip or whatever it is, you tend to go back and do that over and over again until you really get a handle on God's forgiveness, 
on God's grace, on God's mercy, and you build the character that you need to overcome that weakness that you have. But God forgives. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins to God, if we confess our sins, he will keep his promise and do what is right. He will forgive our sins and make us clean from all our wrongdoing. I, I used to think that uh, when I confessed the same sin over and over again, I used to think that, you know, God is probably tired of me. He is probably just really tired of hearing the same thing. So what happened was I got tired of asking. I got tired of confessing my sin because I really did think I don't want to take this to God once again. I don't want to confess that I, I, I blew it again. I think that God is not liking me right now. So I was remembering my past sins. But the Bible says once we've confessed those sins to God, he's actually forgotten them. He forgets. He forgives and he forgets. God is a forgiving God and Jesus, he wants you to experience forgiveness. He wants you to experience it because it is, it is a life-changing experience. There is nothing like it. Jesus wants so much for you to live in this place of, of forgiveness and grace that out of who he is and out of him having the closest relationship to God than anyone, out of that, he is constantly talking to God on your behalf. He is constantly interceding, is the word. Talking, praying, talking to God about you receiving forgiveness. In Hebrews 7.25, the Bible says, Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. Jesus is talking to God for you. Jesus is, 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 is in the mix, participating in the process so you can experience forgiveness whenever you need it. Instantly, completely, repeatedly. That, that's amazing. Do you ever... Do you ever procrastinate asking God to forgive you for something that you know you've done wrong? You know you've done it, but you know, uh, you know, sometimes we think, I don't want to bother him again with the same sin. He's heard this one before. Sometimes you say, I don't want to confess this until I get my act together. I'm going to work on getting my act together and then I'm going to confess my sin. It doesn't work that way. Once I've really changed my life, I'm going to ask him to forgive me because then I'm going to be at the right place and, and I'm not going to just keep going to him and asking him for this forgiveness again and again. I'm not going to ask him again 
until I get my life straightened out. To, to all of those options, God says, no. That's not how it works. God says, that's not how I work. You don't wait until you get it all together. It's, it's like the person, person commits their life to Christ. And then like next month at church, we're having a baptism service. And you talk to them about getting baptized and they say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to get baptized, but I'm not quite ready yet. I, I need to work out some things in my life. I need to get my life straightened out first. And that's not what the Bible says. You commit your life to Christ and you get baptized and then you spend days, weeks, months, years, centuries getting your life together, figuring all of those things out. But commitment to Christ is something you do instantly. You instantly receive forgiveness and then baptism is just the next step. Take it at the next opportunity that it comes to you. But we struggle with that. One of, one of my views of guilt is that guilt is like garbage. It's like the garbage in your apartment, the garbage in your house. You have to take it out repeatedly. You have to take it out regularly. If you don't take out the garbage, man, that house begins to stink. It just gets rotten and nasty. Now, most people, most people have two different kinds of garbage cans. You know, depending on where you live, what your living situation is, you have the small can that you keep in the kitchen. Somewhere in the kitchen, over on the side, in the, in the cabinet, under the sink. And then outside, there is the industrial strength garbage can. Could you just imagine if you made the choice that said, I'm never taking out garbage again. You use that little can, but pretty soon it's full and it's flowing over. But hey, I'm not taking out the garbage. I just need a bigger can. And you get a bigger trash can and you bring it in. Pretty soon that one's full. It's flowing over. So then you decide, I still, I'm not taking out the garbage. You go get the one with the wheels on it. And you roll that into the kitchen. And now you got three trash cans in the kitchen full of garbage and it stinks. But hey, that's not enough. I'm still not taking the garbage out. I'm still not dealing with my garbage. So you go and you rent one of those giant, looks like a truck, and you have to tear down the kitchen wall to get it stuck into the house. But now you're filling that thing with garbage. Eventually, it's going to fill up, and the place stinks. What are you going to do with that? Well, that's what a lot of people do with their lives. They have their sin in their life, and it's garbage but they're not willing to take it out. They're just gonna let it keep building up and building up. And on the inside, they stink. They are getting rotten. The best solution is 
Just take the garbage out. Take it out every day. Don't let the garbage build up. That's what we need to do with the sin in our life. Don't let the sin build up in your life. You know, we could laugh about it. We could say, you know, that's really dumb to do that with garbage. It's dumber to do that with sin and guilt. Why hold on to it? Why let it pile up in your life when God is ready to forgive? Freely, instantly, repeatedly. It doesn't have to build up. You could deal with it. One way you could, you could view this, one practice you could make, is what's called spiritual breathing. To live life, you have to, you know, you breathe in oxygen and you, you exhale carbon monoxide and you, you, you breathe it in and you exhale and without doing that, you don't live. I'll, I'll challenge anybody, just hold your breath. <laughs> and you will probably pass out because you just can't. You have to breathe in and out. So in the same way you take a breath, inhale, exhale, you could use that as, a, as what you're going to do with your sin. I'm going to exhale hail and get this sin out of my life by confessing it to God. And I'm going to breathe in the Holy Spirit of God, breathing out my sin, breathing in the Spirit of God, being filled with the Spirit. I confess my sin. It comes out of my mouth. I confess it, and then I breathe back in God's mercy, God's grace, God's love. So just like breathing, You don't let it pile up. You're not taking your sin and and, and sweeping it under rug because then it becomes this big lump that somebody's going to trip over. You need to deal with it and deal with it in the right way. What God says is, I want you to come to me. Confess your sin. Ask forgiveness and do it whenever you need it. And what God says is, I forgive repeatedly. Fourth quadrant, and remember, we're looking at individual quadrants so that we can get a better grasp on forgiveness, but they work together. They all overlap and work cohesively. This fourth thing, God forgives freely. That means that forgiveness is free. That actually, to me, sounds too good to be true. And it actually doesn't sound fair. Does that sound fair? For me to commit all of these things and then I get to go scot-free. What is fair is that we deserve to pay for our sins. And tomorrow we're going to talk about how that person that sins against me, they deserve to pay for their sin against me. It's only fair. I would say you're exactly right. You are exactly right. Someone has to pay. That's the way it works. In this situation, in this case, someone did pay. The bill has completely been paid. 
years ago on a hill called Golgotha, Jesus Christ, God's son, came to the earth in the form of one of us, in the form of a, of a man and said, even though I am sinless, even though I don't need forgiveness because I have never sinned, I have lived a perfect life, even though I will take all of the sins of the world on me and I will pay for them because someone has to pay. There is a debt that can't be left outstanding. Jesus says, I will step in. I will pay the price for that. And I'm doing this because I'm the only one who can. If Jesus chooses to not take the act that he took, we don't have forgiveness. There is no forgiveness apart from what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Romans chapter 3, the Bible says, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, right before he died, hanging on the cross, he said, it is finished. Arms stretched out, nailed to the cross, having been tortured, he's about ready to breathe his last breath. He knows it. And he says, it is finished. In the Greek, it was one word. We translate it into a phrase because you can't, you have to. It was the word in Greek, tetelestai. And it meant paid in full. It is finished. What he was saying he wasn't saying, I'm going to breathe my last breath. I am finished. He didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. The plan of salvation is finished. The sin that everyone in the world has committed, I'm paying for it. I'm paying for that. It is finished. That means the plan of salvation is finished. Forgiveness has been made possible. Forgiveness has been made available. The payment for everyone's guilt and sin was taken care of. So that, that, that Greek word, tetelestai, it is finished. It was a legal term and it was used in a lot of situations. It was a stamp. They literally had a stamp that said tetelestai. If you owed a debt and you went and paid that debt and you showed your papers, they would take out a stamp and stamp your papers to Telestai, paid in full. Whatever the debt was. If your debt was to society and you were in jail and you spent your time in prison, upon being released because you spent your time, your papers were stamped 
with the stamp that read, paid in full to Telestai. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he said to Telestai, it is finished, paid in full. If you are today walking around carrying a load of guilt, you're carrying a weight of guilt that is unnecessary for you to carry because it's already been paid by Jesus Christ. What you need to do, confess your sin, ask for forgiveness, and accept the forgiveness that God gives you. Man, that is such a deal. You don't have to pay for your sin because Jesus Christ already paid for it. You don't have to carry around guilt. You could live guilt-free. One of the things that, that, that has just year over year been odd to me, it's odd to me being the pastor of a church, it's odd to me that so many people avoid church. They avoid going to church thinking that I don't want to go to church because when I'm at church, I'll feel guilty. The thing that's odd about that is that church is the one place that tells you how to get rid of guilt, how to be guilt-free, how to receive forgiveness. That, that's, that's the whole message. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That's what church is all about. What I'm talking about here is the central message of the Bible. God loves you, and God will forgive you. Your part in it, confess your sin, ask for forgiveness. Ephesians 2.89 says, It is by God's grace that you have been saved through faith. It's not the result of your own efforts, but God's gift so that no one can boast about it. It is God's free gift to you. He wants to give it to you. He wants you to receive it. So how do I do that? How do I get forgiveness? What do I do for that? I'm going to give you a couple of things. We'll call it the ABCs of forgiveness. Three elements. The first one is admit. God it was wrong. I sinned. I blew it. The idea here is that you're not trying to hide it anymore. You're going to be honest with God. You're going to stop pretending that your life is one thing when it's not. We just call it what it is. We admit our sin. We admit our need for forgiveness. There, there, there's a variety of things that people do that, that they're just lying to themselves. We lie to ourselves to avoid admitting that my sin problem is my sin problem. A couple of examples. Projection. People do use projection to blame somebody else. It's really their fault. I'm, I'm really not that bad. It's, it's their fault. Another one, rationalization. It's no big deal. It doesn't hurt anybody else. I'm just going to do this this one time. We get really creative when it comes to rationalizing the things that we do. 
One way to remember to understand a rationalization is it is a rational lie. When you rationalize, you are telling rational lies to yourself and to whoever else is listening. Another thing that people do is comparison. And what we're talking about is, is how we avoid admitting our sin. Well, you think, you think my sin's bad? You should see David's. That dude, he really, we're good. <laughs> you need to understand, God does not grade on a curve. He doesn't. We're judged according to God's standard of perfection, and none of us are perfect. Another one we use is distraction. We get busy. We're tied up in our schoolwork. We're tied up in our job. We're, we're so busy, and what we do is we run, 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 go, go, go. Because when we stop and when we settle down and when we lay our, our head on the pillow, these other things come back into my mind, and, I'm, and, I, and I realize who I am and what I'm doing. If I slow down, my guilt catches up with me. So I keep running. I keep moving. I keep going. Another, another uh, strategy is isolation. Some people do that. They avoid places. They avoid people that remind them of their issues that they've never resolved. A last one, I, this one, escapism. When you feel guilty, you pop a pill. You smoke. You drink. You go on a trip. You get out of town. There's all sorts of ways to escape. But a lot of people are using escapism as a way of escaping from admitting. Admitting their sin admitting that they need God. One thing about all of those, none of them work. None of them solve anything. They only make it worse. So how do you become forgiven? You admit it. You admit your sin. And then you believe. You believe that God wants to forgive you and that he will forgive you. One of my goals tonight is for you to walk out of here understanding God's forgiveness. What it is, how it works. You admit, you believe, and then you commit. You commit your life to Christ. God wants you to understand forgiveness. His forgiveness of you. And he wants you to experience that forgiveness. So what we've looked at tonight, four quadrants, four individual items that explain to us what forgiveness is, how God forgives, and then we have to take that and understand those are all intertwined together. They all create one big picture of God's forgiveness for us. So with that, I'm going to pray. Father, I am so, so grateful Grateful that you forgive us, that you are the God of forgiveness, the God of mercy, the God of grace. I'm so grateful that we can confess our sin 
to you. Confess what we have done wrong. And that when we do, you forgive us freely, completely. Every time we come to you, you cleanse us. Father, I pray that we would confess our sin to you. I pray that we would ask forgiveness of you. And I pray that we would embrace the forgiveness that you give to us. I pray that in the name of your son, Jesus, who makes it possible. In his name, amen.